welcome to the STR Data Lab. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the STR Data Lab. I'm here uh, with our next guest, John Ahn, uh, with the CEO and founder of Ohana Stay and Tech Tape. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to uh, be on your show and uh, just share lots of different things that I, I work on. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it seems like you're a busy guy with a, a whole lot of different things, and not just not just one business too, and and a lot of other a lot of other things going on. In my mind, they're all related, so it doesn't feel like multiple things. Uh -huh. but yes, sometimes I have to segment what I'm working on. So Ohana State, which is my short-term rental business, I founded and grew that out in Hawaii, and uh, my wife is actually taking over the day-to-day -day operation of that. A lot of the technology that I use to run Ohana Stay is what Tech Tape is doing. And then the other thing that you're saying, I'm busy. Um, I'm trying to fight some regulations out in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii. So it keeps me busy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe, and we can start with some background. I was excited when I was looking at your profile to see that, yeah, you went to Cornell. I just took my first trip up to Ithaca uh, last fall and guest lectured for a, a class in the hospitality school, giving them okay. a deep dive into the short-term rental industry. And broadly, my experience with Cornell is in the hotel school there and the sort of great work they do there. But maybe talk us through, how did you go from an architecture degree to building a portfolio of vacation rentals? <laughs> Again, it's all interrelated. <laughs> it's a progression. <laughs> Basically, I'm in, I'm in my like sixth or seventh career right now. So when I was younger, I dedicated myself to becoming an architect. So I didn't look at any other profession, nothing else. You know, all summer schools, I went to architecture summer school to, you know, to focus on that. And so initially I worked as an architect. And then as I was working, I got very interested in sustainability and environmental architecture. So I, I went back to school, focusing on that, got some... Spent a lot of time doing that. Then I worked as a consultant in the building uh, building industry, helping people make sustainable buildings, energy efficient buildings. While I was working as a consultant, I worked with some incredible developers, real estate developers, who not only were making money for their company, but were giving back to the community and adding value to the people who were buying the properties that they were building. And so I said, when I grow up, I want to be a developer. And so I stopped my corporate job, started a real estate company and started developing single family homes, ground up single family homes. And when you're developing, it's a negative cash flow business until you sell. And so I looked for a real estate related business where there was positive cash flow. And that's how I got into the short term rental business. Hawaii, the reason why I chose Hawaii is one, it's a great uh, vacation destination. Two, it's very interesting because it's obviously part of the United States, but it's an international real estate market, whether it's for sale or for guests. And so I really like the fact that if the U.S. had an economic downturn, other countries, China, Japan, Australia, would come in to buffer any economic downturn. And so that was why uh, I selected Hawaii as, as my market. It all, like, there's a line to, you know, to the story but yeah, if you go from point A to point B, it doesn't make much sense. So is Hawaii the market where you were developing homes as well, or just where you look to uh, manage them? 
No, that's not where I was developing homes. Uh, I was developing homes in New Jersey. So I was very fortunate as I was growing up. Uh, we had a family friend who had some properties out in uh, Honolulu. And so we were able to go to Hawaii many times, you know, for vacation. And because of that, I felt very comfortable with the market, even though it's 5,000 miles away. And so, yeah, so then I jumped in and it was really hard to find good management, people who would manage it the way I wanted it. So little by little, I took over revenue management. I took over guest communication. I took over managing the cleaners. Pretty soon, I was just doing everything and I kind of fell into, into the business. So how many properties do you have out there? Uh, right now, there are just 10 properties. So it's not a huge portfolio. But what I like to do, is I, I consider it working smart and not hard. So I'm very focused on kind of the revenue that each one brings in. And so my bread and butter, two bedroom, two bath condo properties generally gross about $200,000 per year. And so I kind of try to focus on that and have a smaller portfolio and just kind of grow organically with that, that type of portfolio. And so do you own the properties or are you just managing them? I own some of them and I co-host uh, for, you know, for some other folks as well. Okay. And Hawaii, you, you mentioned the sort of multiple demand drivers and loving that and as a thesis for a market. But and I think as most people know, Hawaii was impacted maybe more than most destinations because of the sort of COVID-19 restrictions and not allowing people to travel to the island. So, and how did your properties fare over the past few years? Well, COVID, I mean, literally everyone says, you know, March, you know, everything stopped. Literally like the faucet just completely stopped March. You know, people couldn't fly in unless they were, you know, doctors, nurses. The name of the game for me during COVID was survive, right? Surviving is thriving is kind of just, that's all I thought about. I never knew much about midterm rentals, but at that point, a friend of mine, uh, Anton from Autohost, he's not with us anymore, but he jumped on a call with me right after COVID hit and he gave me some pointers on how to screen guests, you know, not necessarily technology, just kind of the fundamentals. And so using that, I was really fortunate in aligning with a doctor staffing agency. So they were flying in specialists and hospital administrators to help with the COVID, uh, COVID relief effort. And so I probably stayed at around 50 to 60% occupancy throughout COVID. Very, very low, you know, <laughs> low rates, but the property stayed occupied, which was actually more important than it just sitting empty. And um, because it was through a staffing agency, the likelihood of squatters or, you know, problems were very low. And so, you know, I was very fortunate that I was able to kind of make that path work. And so about a year and a half was literally just doing that. And then first quarter of 2021 is when I started to see some glimmer of hope with things starting to recover. Yeah, so a glimmer of hope back in 2021. Are you guys back to pre pre COVID performance levels now? We are, and we're not. <laughs> so we are in the in the sense that overall financial performance 2022 was actually better than 2019. So financially, 2022 was really good. The reason why I say we're not is just the market patterns, the booking patterns, everything is completely upside down. So it's a lot more 
staying on top of what's going on and responding and reacting as opposed to like knowing, you know, what I anticipate to happen. Mm-hmm. So one example of that is um, international travel hasn't really picked, uh, picked up yet. Some are coming, but it hasn't. And in Waikiki, where I'm located, the international travelers were what made the spring, the shoulder seasons, you know, solid bookings. Yep. So right now I'm having the ups and downs and, you know, the last minute bookings that I'm not accustomed to. Yeah, and we put out some research on that. Markets like Oahu, and almost 50% of demand comes from international guests. And definitely a theme of what we're expecting is Asian travelers, especially with the return of China to the sort of international China market, or travel market could be a big tailwind for 2023. Is that part of your expectations for the year ahead? I keep close tabs on it. Because that will be another series of pent up demand, you know, similar to what we saw from the United States. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that that trend, when that does open up, will buffer some of the economic, you know, downturn issues that we're having, you know, across the industry right now. So you said maybe some differing trends on, on lead times on international travel not fully back, and I'm assuming a lot of those type of guest book much further out in advance, which gives you that sort of confidence in, in how you're going to price those sort of short-term bookings if you need to fill in. Are there any sort of other broad trends you're seeing in, in the data today? Just like you said, the booking window has compressed dramatically and not only in Hawaii. So, you know, I provide revenue management services in lots of different, well, multiple markets, uh, Australia, Texas, New Jersey, Arizona, and in different ways, but all these markets seem to have like way, you know, tighter, tighter booking windows, but that tighter booking window does not necessarily equate to discounted prices. And so it's kind of odd because usually it's like, you know, last minute you give discount and you get it filled up, but sometimes people just want that, you know, want to stay. And so they're willing to pay market rate or maybe even slightly higher than market rate. Mm-hmm. And again, that's where constant monitoring of what's going on as opposed to relying on historic data is kind of where I'm seeing how to stay ahead of the game, at least right now. Yeah. So staying ahead of game, like what is your sort of near-term, long-term, mid-term strategy? Is it, and are you looking to expand the vacation rental industry and your vacation rental business? And you said your your wife is going to be taking it over, is, or is it more maintained? What 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 is the outlook there for you? Yeah. Um, so, despite the regulation and you know things that are going on in Hawaii, I still really like the Hawaii market, and mm-hmm. I had actually looked up all the zoning requirements in 2016 when I started uh, short term rentals. So in Hawaii, and so all my properties are in areas that are legally zoned even though they're trying to take that away right now. So for the short-term rental business, we have made a conscious decision to stay focused in one market. Building out a team that really operates the way I want them to operate has been a lot of work and I don't want to try to repeat that elsewhere. I know other people do it all the time. I'm just, you know, that this is just my decision. But the reason why I'm I'm focusing my efforts on uh, tech tape is there are lots of processes and things that I've noticed that not only I've run into, but other people run into the same problem over and over again. And so I'm trying to grow that aspect of the business to 
you know, kind of help the industry, hopefully mm-hmm. with what I've learned and also to grow, you know, grow my business. So be- before we dive into tech tape, which I do want to do, and you, you mentioned regulation, and that's obviously been one of the top concerns for our industry. What are you seeing in, in Hawaii and where do you think it's going? You said, and maybe even trying to fight some of the regulation. What's going on on the ground there? Yeah, let me talk about Hawaii and the kind of general trends that I'm seeing across the country. So in Hawaii, especially on Oahu, which that's the market that I'm most familiar with, there is a concerted effort to essentially squeeze out all the short-term rentals and essentially leave hotels as the only only option. But like the legislation is very clear on that. And so there had been long-standing regulation or rules. That's how I was able to look up zoning when I was initially looking into Hawaii. But they're trying to switch, change all that around. So, you know, hotels get one one tier of benefits and then we're kind of squeezed out a little bit at a time. So recently there was a, a bill that became ordinance that, to put it in very simple terms, uh, 90 days was considered the minimum length of stay for short-term rental. Mm-hmm. And it excluded certain resort zones, but across the island. They passed it, but fortunately there was a lawsuit against the city and county. And so right now there's an injunction so that 30-day minimum can still be uh, operated all across the island. Now at the state level, they're trying to you know, throw a lot of these regulations. One says 25% uh, occupancy tax only for short-term rentals, but not for, not for hotels. You know, a lot of rules are being thrown our way. And fortunately, because of the previous bill, we were able to organize and kind of build a network so that we can collaborate. And so right now, there are several bills at the state level that actually after this call, I'm going to be getting on a call with a lot of the stakeholders, and we're just trying to make sure that we're acting in unison and not, you know, each island acting in, on its own and inadvertently harming, harming one another. That's the landscape there. I, like I said, I still think Hawaii is a good market, but it's a challenging market to navigate. Just the big picture, the way I see regulation right now is it's kind of like a pendulum swinging. For too long, it was a free-for-all. There was no regulation. People were doing whatever they wanted. And so now we're kind of on the other swing where regulators have figured out like, okay, like we have to do this, like they'll stay. And they're going extreme to one end. And I think right now it's kind of, you know, we're in the process of finding that equilibrium, but it's a painful process as the pendulum is swinging. So, and what would your advice be to investors looking at markets and trying to get understanding of regulation? And it generally I've, heard and I talk with investors a lot of they want to find markets with maybe impending regulation or regulation where certain types of uses are in place where they can get a license operate in a lot of ways like you did where it maybe restricts future investment and you can sort of and maybe have a a advantage by getting in that market early but then and maybe there's the opposite of and you're in this market now, you've got major investment, and now you might get regulated out of business. So how should people be thinking about it? And what are ways that they can do to and maybe prevent and what you're seeing? So I definitely agree. I feel like I have a competitive advantage on Oahu right now because I already have properties that, you know, should remain legal. And it has 
created a barrier uh, to entry in that market. So there's definitely that. The problem is the rules of the game can change, even though there are established regulations. That's, that's what I'm dealing with right now. In markets, I would say like in Arizona and Texas, I think what we're seeing right now is where it was previously not, you know, not regulated very, uh, very well. Those markets also like there's so much, so much supply now that those, you know, those markets have suffered. What I would say if you're going in is one, be active in your advocacy effort in that market, right? Just from day one, consider it part of the cost of doing business. If you need to, I have, I've been going around, contribute to the VRMA advocacy fund because that's kind of the umbrella organization that can potentially help, but there's always local alliances. Get to know your politicians, right? If you're not going to be living there, find a friend who, you know, who lives there. But like the more you are in contact with the people who are making decisions, because they think it's a very simple, simple issue. And then once we start explaining to them that, you know, there's this nuance and there's that nuance, that's when the politicians actually start to understand. So I think you just have to get involved in the advocacy effort from day one. And do you find that once sort of the politicians st start understanding the sort of nuance behind it and all the investment money coming in, the tourism dollars being spent, and a lot of the good things that the short-term rental industry sort of brings to these local areas that they're, they're swayed or is it an uphill battle? It's an uphill battle. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, and, you know, I'm very jaded, but some politicians, and I have an example right now, they understand the nuance and like they kind of shifted their focus, right? So on one of the state bills, some of our members have been, you know, discussing the issue with the representative that introduced the bill. And he has done a 180. He didn't realize how much negative impact it would have on the local, pop, you know, local residents. At the same time, I feel that many times these, uh, these bills, the decision is made before they're even introduced. There's influence from other industries, other travel industries. Uh, so it feels like sometimes they're already like decided upon and they're just going through the process so that it, it looks like a public process. So the other thing that I will say is get involved in advocacy early on, but during that advocacy time, build the capacity to fundraise so that, you know, should you need to get a lobbyist or should you need to, you know, bring on a legal action if something, you know, passes, you're kind of ready at that point. And that's one of the things that we messed up on Oahu is we thought our advocacy was enough. And once it passed, it was just like, you know, what do you do? Fortunately, another group stepped in and sued the city and county. And that's what's kind of kept everything uh, at bay. Well, sounds like you're, you're part of a, a good effort going on there and, and look forward to seeing the results of that. Let's jump into Tech Tape because that is what you said is your, your new focus today. Tell us about, about the company uh, and what you're trying to solve for there. Yeah, so all the services that Tech Tape provides comes out of all the issues that all the pain points that I have run into mm -hmm. in my short-term rental company. But then I've noticed my colleagues in the industry run into the same thing and everyone thinks that they're running into the same you know, issue over and over again. So the first, we provide revenue management services. And that's just something that people spend a lot of time on and no one knows what the right price is, right? <laughs> and so it's a lot of guessing 
I've kind of systematized the process by which you find what that rice price should be given, you know, any point in time in the future. Mm-hmm. And so that's essentially designed to help them make a lot more money, but save a lot of time, right? So that's really what the revenue management service is. Other uh, services, we build semi-customized workflows that don't exist in your current tech stack, right? So what I, I've changed PMSs more than 15 times in my journey. And it's because I was always searching for, you know, there's got to be a solution that works the way I need it. And what I've come to realize, and I validated it speaking with lots of other uh, operators, because there's no short-term rental school, right? Everyone builds their business, you know, however they, they built their business. And the tech providers cannot anticipate how you're operating. And so even if a feature is there, it might not be implemented the way it works for your business, right? And so then people go and search and try to find another PMS or another solution. And so if 80% of your tech stack is working for you, but you have like two, three, four real pain points, and if you could just address those things and like it's your tech stack would be working, mm-hmm. then tech tape can build out those workflows and maintain it for you so that it's almost like having that feature set in your business. So it sounds like you're taking a lot of the existing technology out there. So whether it's in the major revenue management companies and like Price Labs, Wheelhouse, uh, Bowie, the like, the existing PMS systems that people are already implementing today, and you're going to either run the revenue management for them or help them sort of and do the integrations, do the little additions that sort of really make it work for them and, and make it work within their business. Is that right? Yes, that's actually a perfect summary. The name tech tape is a play on duct tape. So <laughs> I, ha- I have no like pretense that this is some like, you know, refined, really like, you know, it works, but mm-hmm. it's, I leverage what other people way smarter than myself have already built and then try to make that work for your business. That's great. So I assume that, and since you're in each of these tools on a database basis, you're having a good sense of and the different strategies out there for, for revenue management. So how these dynamic pricing tools work. And given that we're in a very dynamic uh, environment today, we've got like half the markets out there with or occupancies are increasing, half are declining. How are you thinking about revenue management strategy just in general uh, today? My approach and strategy, it's coming in handy now, but it's actually the same way that I've been operating, which is really finding what the market will bear, what what Mm -hmm. people who are booking, what's that like sweet spot that they're willing to book? Uh, Not too low, so you're not giving it away, not too high so that you're staying empty, right? And that approach, so basically in very simplistic terms, the price and length of stay are the levers mm-hmm. and then the occupancy is kind of the result that you see to, to calibrate what, what you want to do, right? And that you do that over multiple periods of time, not just 30 months, uh, 30 days, but 60, 90, you know. And it's actually been since fall, I've had some clients where their occupancy just like plummeted. And they're like, I don't know what's going on. And I started working with them. And within about a two to three week period, 
I was able to get their occupancy back to something, you know, that a business can operate under. And so, yeah, the the strategy is really not what the market is doing. So I'm sorry to say, not the data that Transparent or AirDNA saying that this is the number, you know, this is what the ADR is, because that's just the average of what what happened, right? And so that's really good for benchmarking after the fact. Mm-hmm. But as you're looking forward, I actually have instances where I told Tim Spiker from Bowie, his graph really like showed me where I was performing, right? And in this instance, I was 2x the 90th percentile in the market, according to his data. But I was like, if I was looking at this, I would have been happy at 20% higher than the market, right? So yeah. like the data can really like ham- hamstring you because you're like, oh, I can't push him further than that, right? So there's kind of a balance on how you use the data. Yeah, so, and it, it sounds like you're well outperforming your your market, your comp set. Is it because you're sort of holding out and getting those last minute bookers and you're able to sort of keep your rates high or are you getting the right bookings further out in advance? Like, help me think through like, what what is that strategy that you're implementing? So the strategy depends on the client, right? There are some clients, it's, it's a combination of what their preference and their risk tolerance is mm-hmm. with what I believe will work in the market. But a big part of my strategy is having one a one-year open calendar because then different people find different value based on how far out things are. And then that right person is shifting as you're getting closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. So I really like to have like a full year to work with and use the price and the length of stay as levers to protect the calendar, but get that kind of booking. Mm-hmm. And then it shifts again when it gets to the midterm, and then it shifts again when it gets to the short term. And by combining all all of the above, at the end of the year, you should be well above, you know, someone who always plays last man standing, or someone who always, you know, is looking for that far out booking. Yep. So, what do you think? And the audience is mostly like hosts or owners with one to ten properties, like. What are the key data points that they should be looking at? What are you looking at on a regular basis when sort of forming your strategy? So for me, occupancy and pacing are the two, you know, two key things that I'm really focused on. And I'm focused much more on the trends that I'm seeing. You know, is it going up? Is it going down? Is, you know, how fast, you know, how far, how fast is it getting booked? It's the trends that are important. I always find the actual data point to be less important. And I think a lot of people look at the data point, right? And say, okay, this market is a $250 ADR market. This is a, you know, 150. I'll, I'll dive in just a second. Because the short-term rental market is an immature market, right? It's a lot of individuals kind of all guessing. If this was a hotel, it makes perfect sense to look at the data point and say, okay, this is a $200 market. And then based off of it, but because it's kind of a free-for-all right now, I think the, the data point is meaningful for benchmarking purposes, but it's really the trends that, that you really should be focusing on, like looking ahead. Yeah. So, so given that you're looking at the trends in all these markets, like, are you feeling good about the health of the industry right now? Or and what, what's your sense of, of where we're at? I am cautiously optimistic right now. Again, things have shifted quite dramatically. So if you continue to do exactly what you did in 2022, 2021, 
you're probably not going to do very well. And I think that's, those are the folks who are saying occupancy is going down. But what I am seeing is if you are adjusting to the new, new trends that are happening, yes, maybe your ADR is slightly lower, but then you make up for it in occupancy, right? And I'm not saying that's a general rule that always happens, but like through in multiple markets, you know, I've been able to accomplish like 25, 30% above market by, you know, the ADR being just, just a tad lower than what, what my client was normally comfortable with and then being able to boost up the occupancy. So I think the demand is still there. I think you just have to be much more nimble than you had been in the past. That's great. So wrapping up now, and you maybe hinted about some of the things you were expecting for the, a year ahead, but if we came back a year from now, what do you think is the big, big headline for the industry over this next year that's going to play out? One, I think our industry is maturing really fast right now, and it's really exciting to be part of the industry as it's maturing. So I think it's going to be much more stabilized. You know how I told you pricing is all over the place? I think there's going to be more rules of engagement that people start latching onto, which means then, you know, the variable, the variance is going to be much tighter. So I think the industry is going to be much more mature. And then the other aspect is our industry is highly fragmented. And I know a lot of people talk about consolidation, but I actually think with efforts like Tech Tape, but what other people are doing like Enzo Connect and you know other folks, that there's going to be kind of a defragmentation of there's a lot of things, but you're able to kind of make it work so that it's not just one consolidated you know, monolith that's your only choice, but you actually have a lot of choice, but they kind of start to work together. Yeah. And I talk with people all the time and they and sort of worried about the complexity of running a short terminal. And then you talk through all the technology that's out there today that can help you automate, that help you sort of run the business pretty efficiently. And then you combine that with a tech tape that it makes it where you don't have to be part of a big conglomerate, use a large property manager that you can and begin to really piece it together and do it yourself. Do you agree? That's exactly, you know, the last thing that I would want is for there to be just like a Microsoft and Google within the short-term rental industry, right? Like the diversity is really what makes this such a vibrant uh, marketplace. Mm -hmm. And there's so much entrepreneurship in this industry that people are coming up with solutions all the time. And if you consolidate, you start, you know, all that starts ending. And so, you know, part of Tech Tape is trying to make sure that you can use the best tool for your business without having to, you know, go to a Microsoft. And that, that said, do, do you worry that our distribution systems are so much, so reliant on and booking.com, Airbnb, and Verbo? Yes, but then there are also a lot of very credible, not just efforts, but like processes that people have created. Mark Simpson from Boostly, Damian Sheridan, on Book Direct, that I'm hopeful we're not going to get away from Airbnb. I mean, like it's not going to happen, right? But a little less of reliance on the OTAs, a little more self-reliance on your own booking website. I think that is going to happen. I agree. So <laughs> maybe we'll we'll wrap it up on that note. And for listeners that don't know Mark Simpson, definitely look him up. The Book Direct show with Damien Sheridan. Great conference, a great movement going there. 
John, if people want to reach out and find you, what what's what's the best spot uh, for them to to do that? So I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, and so if you look, if you search John on or Tech Tape on LinkedIn, uh, you should be able to find me. You can also email me at John J O H N dot A N at Get Tech Tape G E T T E C H T A P E dot com, uh, and that's the best way to reach me. Well, great. And again, thanks for joining. And uh, for all the listeners, please out, reach out to John if um, think he might be able to help you sort of reach that next level in, in your short-term rental business. John, thanks. Thank you, Jamie. This was a lot of fun. 